I tell legal lies. I tell legal lies. Lies, lies, legal lies. I tell legal lies. And legal lies. And legal lies. And ban on drugs. Ban on drugs. And legal lies. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Black Law and Legal Lies. Legal Lies. Where we specialize in legal lies. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. See, there you go. If you enjoy this show, please remember to subscribe, rate, leave us a review. You know what? Our reviews are looking kind of skimpy, especially for all the people that's out here listening to us. Come on, bro. Take two minutes and and leave us a review on um iTunes, Google Podcasts. I don't think you can do reviews on Google Podcasts. So Apple, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us across all social media at Black Law Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Dan, and you can find me on Twitter and IG at I am Dan on Drugs. I'm another one of your hosts, Afro Becky. Wait, you forgot to say today. And I am the third host today, just mm-hmm. Dan. And you can follow me at I Tell Legal Lies on Twitter. And what we'd like to do is if you're a first time listener, just to kind of get a feel for us and um, some of our favorite episodes, we recommend that you go back and listen to CPS, Child Profiting System. CPS. There we go. Today, we have for you, ladies and gentlemen, something very special, something very well thought out. We have. Join, join in. Come on. Dan's, Dan's monologue, monologue, motherfucker. motherfucker. Wait, fucker, real? Fucker. Y'all dumb. Look, we get our own sound. We make our own sound effects. Mm. So today we're going to be discussing uh, whether or not you should be paying these uh, college athletes, NCAA athletes, um, why you can't, things of that nature. So colleges and universities have been pulling the wool over Americans' eyes for decades and hiding many ugly truths. Today we're going to focus on one of these many truths which is college athletes being exploited for financial gain. (laughs) One of the arguments against these student athletes being compensated is they're receiving a free education. Now, I have a problem with that logic. Not all student athletes receive full rides. So the athletes who don't get full rides are required to pay for college same way everybody else does, however they can. So uh, let's look at the case of Patrick Courtney. He was a football player for North Carolina A&T. He got injured during training camp. He had to have surgery. When he came back from his surgery and rehab, he got injured again on the field. So after he got injured the second time, his scholarship was not renewed. So he had to go get all this rehab shit done, miss a couple years of school, and then transfer to a school that was not comparable to the one to North Carolina A&T. So how valuable was his, quote, free education when he couldn't complete it and had to spend years rehabbing before transferring to another school that he had to pay for? So speaking of injuries, um, schools are required to carry medical insurance for student athletes, but the school is not required to cover anything that insurance will not cover. And we know how insurance companies try to find ways not to cover shit. So exceptional athletes, like let's think, um, I don't know, the LeBron Jameses, if he went to college, they're given the opportunity to purchase additional insurance that will cover additional medical expenses and loss of future wages. 
out of pocket. So their families would have to pay for that. If I had to guess, I'd guess that the cost is illegally covered by shady ass agents and boosters, because how will a non-paid student athlete afford it? So athletes who attend smaller schools, they're often required to pay co-pays and their deductibles hover usually around $10,000. Long-term medical care is not required. And let's do this. Let's follow the money real quick. In 2015, 231 Division I schools generated $9.1 billion with a B dollars from college athletics, football being the primary source. Head coach Nick Saban, I know y'all love Nick Saban here, right? Anybody? Anybody? No? Crickets? Crickets. Okay. Head coach Nick Saban made a reported $11.1 million. Jim Harbaugh, he made $7 million. Urban Meyer, who's in a world of shit, made $6.4 million and so on. So compare that to the meager $65,000 or so of free education if you remain uninjured. If schools can afford to pay coaches millions, imagine how much they can pay their athletic. Well, no, actually imagine how much their athletic departments are bringing in. If I can pay you $11 million. So I've heard another argument that these kids don't know how to manage money. Okay, so no better time to learn than when you're in college, right? You know, learning. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, all three of them uh, and countless others, they went straight from high school to multi-million dollar NBA contracts. Should they have played for free until we deemed they were financially responsible? That's a rhetorical question. Bottom line, with the amount of money that these student athletes are bringing in and the attention they bring to the school, the amount of time they spend training, practicing, watching film, you know, time not in a classroom, they don't have time to work normal jobs. So I believe they should be paid for their contribution and receive free education. It's only fair in my opinion. Thoughts? Well, I think that they should receive compensation, just maybe not um, not immediately accessible. For instance, um, maybe some sort of vehicle similar to a retirement account can be set up. So um, there's a percentage that is deposited into this future account, this account that they can have access to if one, they get injured and can no longer continue to play or two, they complete their education and they have um, something to, to, to utilize in the future um, or it can, can be converted to an actual retirement account. So that's my theory. Okay. And I would disagree and I'll just tell you why in college um, you went to college did you work any jobs in college? I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Were your funds immediately accessible? They were. I think sports or college athletes should be treated no different. It's a job they're doing, and they're generating probably way more than the college girl working part-time at Starbucks is generating. So I think they should be paid, and they should have access to that money because how else are they going to pay for shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, if a college student wants to go out here, get a part time job as a barista, they get paid every two weeks or whatever. They have access to the money. They can buy coffee. They can buy weed. They can buy, you know, books. They can buy opiates. They can All buy. Right. Well, in that case, well, maybe they'll they can have. um. What do you call it? Uh, opiates. Uh, no. Oh, Um, like an expense account or whatever. They have stipends. Yeah. Yeah. That's they what do. I mean. They do have stipends. Do they? Yes, they do. 
See, I'm unaware of that. They receive stipends. I know this for a fact. Are they you are... a college athlete? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I play one on TV. Now, I know this for a fact. They receive stipends. And, and they all do, regardless of whether they're the star or not. If, if you are on this campus as an athlete on scholarship, you're on the team, you receive a stipend. How much? It all depends. On? On who and what you are. So some of them receive more of a stipend than others. They also have access to team cafeteria, so they eat for free. Mm-hmm. And they also, um, believe it or not, they they get swag. What? Swag. Swag. Uh-huh. School promotional items. Swag. AKA yeah, they get I thought when you had swag. They get food. They get, I mean, they get clothing and footwear. I guess I'm from somewhere. I didn't go to college. Swag where I'm from means you get the bitches. No, that you have swag. There's a difference. Yeah, you get swag and then you have <laughs> Swag is like free shit. They get free shit. I thought shit. that was illegal, though. I thought. It, gifting, gifting by like boosters and agents x y and z that's different Mm -hmm. from you receiving like clothing from the school okay so basically i just want to kind of summarize in my language the school makes millions upon millions of dollars off of these kids backs they turn around and buy some cheap chinese shit straight from (laughs) factory like two dollar t-shirts four dollar sweatshirts and give it to these kids and that's the other thing I never understood is, see, we already jumping off into a sidebar, but people that wear these shirts, right, that says, um, I don't know, UNO alumni or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that such a big thing in the United States? Every other country, they don't, they. Why you, is what a big thing? Advertising these that, colleges wait, and universities. Advertising that you are a graduate of a certain yes. school? Yes. And there's some sort of a pride in that. But um, like overseas and talking to some people from Europe, they were asking me like I like I'm supposed to know. I don't know. But that that freaked them out when they came to the States is why is everyone so hell bent on representing their school that they paid their advertising? They're not getting paid to do it. They actually paid the damn school to advertise this shit. It it is a point of pride because. You came, you saw, you conquered. You you were there and you received your degree from that institution. Okay, but if I'm going around and I'm advertising your establishment, your business, your whatever, I don't work for free. Y'all taught me that when I was in y'all school. Don't work for free. <laughs> that was like 101. So I'm not advertising, you know. No, I'm not, not only not only are you if if you're gonna if I'm gonna follow your analogy or what you were saying, you're not only working for free, you're purchasing that that T-shirt mm-hmm. and you're giving your alumni dollars to that school. So you're you're constantly paying the school, man. So anyway, yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. But back to the student athletes here. Um, Before we go any further, let's do this. What explain what a booster is. So a booster is what Vegas would call a whale. Explain what a whale in (laughs) Vegas is. So a booster is somebody who have a lot of dollars and they donate them to the athletic department. So 
you got the monies, you got the dollars, and you giving us the dollars. You are one of our boosters because you are boosting up our program. dollars, <laughs> right? You're boosting our program by and, giving us this cash. And we want to keep our boosters happy. Absolutely. I bet, like on ballers. No, um, honestly, the boosters want to keep everybody else happy mm-hmm. because the booster give money because it's a point of pride for them because they are alumnus of a successful school. Mm-hmm. So it's a point of pride. On the show Ballers, I'm not sure if anybody watches, but there's an episode where Spencer, uh, the Rock's character, Spencer, goes to one of these schools to tell, I think it was Ohio State, to tell the football coach that one of the kids he's representing is not going to choose their school right Mm -hmm. as he's trying to leave town he gets pulled over and popo surround him (laughs) step out the car they take him down to lock up right because he has all these prescription pills because he's a pill head and he's in the cell waiting to see an attorney so a guy walks in and it was actually a booster who orchestrated this whole thing and he wanted to get him one-on-one and say look if this kid doesn't commit to our school or honor his commitment because he had already committed, if he doesn't honor his commitment, you going to jail. We, well, I'm gonna basically burn down everything you love. So that that's I don't know. So we got boosters and we got agents. So can an agent represent a college student? No, no. So why was Spencer representing this damn college student then? This kid going to college? I have no clue what's up with that. NC. Mm. NCAA rules say or dictate that no, you can't have you you can't have that. So you're not you're not supposed to. Well, maybe technically, in this scenario, Spencer, I don't think is on paper this person's agent. So that might be um, the loophole that they're utilizing on the show um, because there there's no. There's no contact. Con, yeah, it's contract. more like a, a mentor. A hand, yeah, right. a mentor. Yeah, yeah. hand mm-hmm. job. Okay. Oh. Handshake. Oh. Deal. Well, hand job deals are better just to let everyone know. Before we go any further, I have this week's podcast recommendation. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, those of you out here in the podcast world who enjoy podcasts, mm. a great podcast to check out is the podcast brothers Mm. so shout to flaw 700 and fresco Mm -hmm. yo this your boy flaw 700 what's good everybody it's your guy fresco and we are the The podcast Podcast brothers Brothers. dig yeah hey what is our show about actually our show is about a little bit of everything man it's not just one thing but it's a little bit it is right it's like a little bit of that oh my goodness no like that song no not from you what song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. Well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life real, brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if you know. you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate. It makes for good dialogue. And it keeps the interest and the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the Podcast Brothers is dead. You dig? Chill. So why why can't, just get to the bottom of it, like right off the top, why can't 
college athletes get paid. And when, when I speak of college athletes, I know there's all kinds of athletics. I'm speaking solely football and, and basketball. basketball. I know that's what I knew that's what you're gonna say. And that's that right there is the reason why college athletes can't be paid. That's not the reason. No, no, that that is that is one of the major reasons because in most on most college campuses, we know that the football program and the basketball program, they're the ones that bring the money in. Right. But when you're talking about college college athletes, mm-hmm. you're talking about the tennis players, the lacrosse players, the soccer rugby, players, right. baseball players, um, gymnastics. They have the, these really awesome things, though, and most places have them. They're called accountants. No. And the accountants can pinpoint <laughs> how much money each team. And we know and, and we know that. And that's why I said. So here's the thing. How do you propose to pay them? What's what's how do you pay them? What's what wh- how do you set the amount of money that you pay them? Okay. We can go with one of two methods. The first being the easiest will be flat rate. All football players that make the team make X amount of dollars flat rate. Or we can get them accountants like the Jaden Hollywoods of the world to kind of whittle it down and see what is this player's worth. So how do we how do we quantify? I'm not an accountant, but an accountant can. Accountants don't quantify. You can because you can look at. How, how do you quantify? This is me thinking out loud, so I haven't thought it all the way through. But you can look at. We have over a hundred years worth of data available as far as ticket sales. But how do we know that this person is going to perform the way that we think they are? It doesn't matter. It does. I'll tell you why it doesn't. If they don't perform the way we think they're going to perform, if that makes them less valuable, like any other job, you get a pay cut (laughs) or you get fired. All right. So on top of that, Mm -hmm. there's this little thing called Title IX. I have no clue what that means. I know. You know, since we're talking about the law, Mm -hmm. talks about it's That's the RICO laws. (laughs) it's, It's about equal pay. Okay. For men and women. Okay. And athletes. So wait. And no, well, and equal women. equal pay for men and women. So here you are. Student athletes should be paid, and like everybody else that actually brings this topic up, you focus on football and basketball. Mm-hmm. But as I said, when you talk about student athletes and you start talking about paying student athletes, you need to focus on all athletes right because they work just as hard i mean that's what i said tennis players may not bring in so much money to the school but they work just as hard at their craft that's fine and that's what i said you get paid what you're worth because you let's just say we're not right now we're step out of athletics right you work for me you're a sales manager right Mm -hmm. you bring in five hundred dollars worth of sales per month, right? Because you fucking suck. But I'm paying you $150 a month, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, we get to the point where your sales manager, you're bringing in $50 a month in sales. I'm not paying you $150. I'm paying you based off of what you're worth to me and what you're bringing in. Right. But then using using that logic and using that scale, you might run into legal problems. That's one. Two, where's the money come from? It comes from the athletic department. See, here's the thing. There are only 
a certain number of athletic departments that are in the black. Most athletic departments, and you can look this up, most athletic departments operate in the red. Okay. So when you start talking about paying these athletes, Mm -hmm. that's drawing money from somewhere else. And most of the time, that means that other students, other programs are going to suffer. Okay. That's... That's fine with you. Yeah, it is fine with me. That's fine with you for every other student to suffer so that the football players and the basketball players can be paid. In spite of the fact that they are paid, if you you really want to quantify this, like I said, they get, for the most part, they get that education that you talked about that you said free. All right, but wait. Well, in this scenario, they are. So they're getting a free education. They get free board. They get free room. Then they get clothing. Then they get a stipend. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Then they make connections via the boosters that even if they don't wind up in a professional on a professional team, they may wind up with a job via a booster when they come out of school. So there are things that they receive that are worth more than the salary that they would receive should they be paid a salary. Okay, well, let's unpack this one at a time, all right? So they make connections with boosters. Mm-hmm. That That's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So what? We live in a social media age. I should, I can make connections with whoever the fuck I want. I, the internet. Right, but see, you are more likely, if you are a player on this team and this booster attaches to you, you are more likely to benefit from that than it would some random person on a social media so outlet. I So what you're saying is I would benefit or actually the institution of white supremacy is beneficial <laughs> to black people. Wait, the institution of white, so all boosters are white? No, but... The they, institution the of inst- white supremacy is what you just said. Exactly. So... The institution wait, of white supremacy the, is beneficial to black students. Wait, so... Now we're focusing on the fact that, okay, so every student athlete is black and every body that in your estimation or in your mind that exploits these student athletes, white. No, I said the institution is white supremacy. You say the institution of white supremacy benefits students that are black, student athletes that are black. And the reason I say the institution of white supremacy is no, you don't necessarily have to be white to to be a booster, to be whatever. But let's let's be clear. White people did start the whole booster stuff and they look at these black athletes as if they're slaves. Is that right? Yes. So if that's the case, every athlete is a slave. Technically, yes. In your estimation. If if I can make an argument, yes. <laughs> They're working for free, aren't they? No, wait, wait. They're not working for free. They are. They are benefiting. They they are not benefiting. They are. In in my opinion, they are not. In my opinion, they are. Okay, agree to disagree. <laughs> they are. Agree to disagree. I'm saying we can get somebody on the damn phone and find out what they think, although it might cost them everything they love, but... <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I'm saying, okay, so... Once once your education is complete, now mm-hmm. I'll make a few observations. I know one I know one person that played in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. They 
they didn't get paid in college, although they got paid in college, mm-hmm. but for on on the record, mm-hmm. they did not get paid mm-hmm. in college. But the his college degree is not worth anything right. because he is not he's he's not what you would expect coming from the school he that went he to. went to, and that's that's something else that I was going to bring up. He's academically, I mean, he's not he's not stupid by any means, but he he's he didn't get the degree that he should have gotten, or he didn't get the education that he should have gotten. Right. And that is, like I said, something that I was going to bring up when you t- when you were talking about student athletes. And these are people who are geared towards their eye is I'm going to the pros. Yep. Now somebody who goes to school on an athletic scholarship and their eye is not ongoing pro, they're more prone to pick classes and take classes more seriously than some than someone who I'm in school, I'm a student athlete, but my dream is to play pro whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to allow them to set me up with the flimsy classes and so that I can maintain my eligibility because I need classes that I can breeze through. Right. So even, even the classes he couldn't breeze through every Friday, they had what was called answer day where they sat in mm-hmm. the fucking locker room and, and passed out the answers oh. to test. And then they even specified, don't get all of them right. right. Absolutely. Trust me. I know. Cause when the, the college that I went to is a big football school. Yeah. Loyola's huge. You know what? Huge. I'm not talking about Loyola. That's the only, not the only school that I went to. Thank you very much. Anyway, but I, once again, personal knowledge, study hall was answer hall. Like study hall was, here's your paper hall. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what they did to make sure that they maintain eligibility by maintaining their grade point average. Not only do they do that, but some programs provide tutoring. Mm-hmm. But see, like I said, and tutoring these- was... Here's your paper. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That was tutoring. So back that goes back to my original question is, if you want to consider free education a form of payment, how much is that free education worth when you don't reflect your curriculum? But it all depends on what your focus and your goal is. Right. As I, I said. I think that you, you as the student athlete can decide whether or not to capitalize on this opportunity that is presented to you or you can use it as a i guess gateway to get to where you want right because regardless i just gave you 80 to a hundred thousand dollars worth of education okay and i just generated you about this season alone 22 million dollars maybe not one person though one person can do that (laughs) not 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 one person. I'll name I'll name a couple for you. Michael Vick. Do you know how much money Michael can anybody, anybody, and I'm talking to y'all out there in the world, listen, can anybody name one other other than D'Angelo Hall, maybe? Can you name one other Virginia Tech player ever? No. <laughs> no. And I'm from Virginia. <clears throat> we ain't nothing to do but cook. <laughs> nah, but like Michael Vick, he was one. There, there's been a few like 
standout, standout athletes that went to schools that... Right, and they generate a lot of money. But like I said, most most of these Division One schools don't operate in the black. Their athletic departments do not operate in the black. Well, let they me- need money from the school to operate. So when you're saying pay them, tell me where the money's going to come from. And I understand, okay, we're paying the coaches $11 million. And we're paying the coaches $6 million, But that still does not... Let me tell you where the money's coming from. Okay. One, that hole, they're operating in the black, right? Or the red? Mm-hmm. Black, red, black. Red. Red. red, red. Okay. That whole thing about operating in the red, that's a farce. And then... Wait, this and is, you know this, this is, and you know this how? These sports, they generate far too much money to be But do be you know operating. how much money they put back into... That kid. That, and that's what I was about to say. Stadiums alone. That's what I was about to say. Follow the money. If you want to know where to get the money to pay these athletes, let's find out where the money's being spent. Do you know where the money's being spent since you know that they're operating <clears throat> in the red? Like I said, stadiums alone, doing upgrades on stadiums. As a matter of fact, LSU built whole new seats. Then they got new jumbotrons. That money they that they put into the stadiums because you need that you know you need to upgrade so that the fans will continue to come no no because i i mean let me make a correction for you the fans are going to come regardless can, that's not true can so you can sit that's, there man, and that's say not, trust that me. without a jumbotron and without a couple of extra new seats no what is they're doing they're doing airline math and what airline math is, <laughs> is let's make the seats smaller so we can fit more people. And then maybe we can reduce the price of tickets now by $10 or whatever, because now we have X amount of new seats to cover the difference and we'll still be making more than we made last year. They want, they think about it. They want something new. Fans want something new. No, that they is, don't. The fans, they don't no, give yeah, a shit. Yeah, they do. No, they yes, don't. They do. No, they, they want. Don't. Yes, they do. They want new stuff. They get bored quickly, and that's real. Now, another no. thing that you need to take into consideration is not all of the the profits from these um from you know that that the athletes bring in go directly to the athletic department. That might be reallocated to other expenses at the school. So, for instance, if another program needed that money, maybe the science program or the robotics program or uh, the computer, you know, program, I, they do have computers programs. But what I'm saying right. is the reason why the, so much focus is on those, the, the athletic programs that generate a lot of money to help bring the, the money school survive. To the, right, to help this. Not just the athletic program, Department. but other right. programs. Right. I've read a report that I can pull it back up to. It was from Time that I want to say 85% of the school's income, period. And this is from tuition, from room and board, from all kinds, straws, forks, whatever. Like 85% of that goes to athletics. So if we want to turn around and say that the the money that athletics brings in goes to the 15, that I, I don't see it. I don't see it. So we want to make $55 million, right? Follow me. We make $55 million this season alone, football, okay? Mm-hmm. 
in order to make more money, right? Because that, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make more money. That's, that's why right. we're putting new seats in the stadium. That's Let's right. get more people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take some of this money and put it over here for robotics and like ballet and whatever. No, I'm going to invest in what makes me the most money. And college athletics, that's, I forget that. That's the, the lifeblood of the school. That's what keeps... But to to jump off of what Becky said, you have college college athletics to keep the school alive. Mm-hmm. And so they bring in money and that, that money is in turn used, utilized to keep the school running. And Beck is right. Not just the athletic department, the whole university. So let's let's say this. Let's look at 60 years ago, okay? LSU, Virginia Tech, Florida State, wherever you are. 60 years ago, athletics weren't as big as they are today, right? False. They were not bringing in. They were not bringing in as much money, but they were as important. To Well, what I'm saying is financially. Okay. They, they were not as important financially. The schools, they survived fine. They survived fine based off of tuition, room and board. Right. That's just it. They didn't. That's why athletics became such this big thing because they needed they needed something to inject money into the school. So let me ask you this question. Tell me. LSU has always, I can tell you, LSU has always been huge on football. Colleges in the South, period. That's because they look at y'all niggas like <laughs> slaves. Always have been well, big on football. Answer this for me. Can you tell me, just based on like LSU, maybe Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State? Is that Mississippi State? Mm-hmm. Auburn. Auburn. Okay. How does MIT's football team stack up against theirs? They don't. MIT is doing just fine. Yeah, but see, they're focused on brains. <laughs> there we go. They they're focused on brains. There we go. And MIT is a big research school, so they have research dollars. Absolutely, they get they get money from research. So take all take the research out of it. Mm-hmm. The school flops. Mm. <clears throat> the, the prestige. It's but research is what drives that school. They get research dollars, so their research dollars is akin to the football, football dollars. Uh, yes, if I it was not for research, I can't see it because open you can, up your eyes, blind man. No, you can look at anything and say, if it was not for this, if it was not for this, if it was not for, and that's exactly what we're. That's right. That is true. It is all about what drives the school. Football drives these schools. Research drives MIT. Okay, but research and football, they can't be compared. We're talking about what is the life's blood of the school? What okay. makes the school tick? Okay, but... What drives the money to the school? Research, one, you'll get a return on your investment. Football. You get a return on your investment? Mm-hmm. But wait, so let's back up a little bit. And so we're talking about student-athletes. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, let's play. That's let's pay high school students, high school student athletes. I think we should pay them all. I think we so should. So where's the money coming from? Ticket sales, ticket sales. Nah. At the end of the day, ticket sales. But anyway, let's move forward a little bit. Endorsements. Okay. So let well let me ask y'all this: Do y'all think Becky says she thinks we should pay college athletes in some form? Uh, and we do pay them. 
in some form. Do you think we should pay them cash money for their services? We do pay them cash money for their services. That's what a stipend is. Okay. Do you think we should give them a W-2 at the end of the year? (laughs) No, I do not. Because then they become employees of the university. I do not believe that they should be employees of the university. They should not be independent contractors either. Because at the end of the day, it is about learning. And so basically, they are apprentices. They are learning their craft. If football is what you want to do, you are in college learning. You are not a professional. You, Yeah, you played some high school ball, right? Mm-hmm. That was if, good enough for LeBron. He played high school ball. You played, wait, you played some high, you played some high school ball. Mm-hmm. All right. And, but everybody is not a LeBron. Everybody's not a Kobe. Everybody's not an Allen Iverson. Every, Iverson went to college for, for a year. year. <laughs> he went to college for, for a year. For a year. And then he ain't did shit. Georgetown, nothing. He did nothing. George, are you crazy? Are you crazy? No, he did nothing. Between Allen Iverson, the dude that got shot in the eye, and um, Jahadi White, psh, tell me they I'm, ain't do nothing. I'm not talking about on the, the court, dude. I'm talking about academically. Oh, yeah. He went to Georgetown and did nothing. Yeah. That's, it's Georgetown. That's what most college athletes do, though. But see, but that's my point. So that that money that he had for that year that he took away from some other student did nothing to further his education it it was just a springboard for him to get into the nba okay so he could actually he could have got into the nba without but i know his thing was he needed to get out of jail and and (laughs) And that's the way he did john thompson got him out but let's let's look at this real quick statistically most athletes college college high school otherwise uh we're looking at again basketball and football the two biggest uh revenue generating sports most of the athletes are black and are from poverty. Uh-huh. So with that being said, it's like you we talked about it in a few other episodes talking about financial literacy and mm-hmm. literacy, literacy and all kinds of literacy. Mm-hmm. I can speak from that place, which is growing up in poverty. We And I said it on a previous show, too. We're not conditioned to think academically, to think about academics, to think about college, to think about even if we do get into college, utilizing this opportunity, because like you said at the top of the show, I'm just trying to get into the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get into the NFL. Mm-hmm. And this is what I have to do to get there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see I see something wrong with Allen Iverson not applying himself and actually taking advantage. But at the same time, I don't see anything wrong with it. See, So having said that, and we all know that it is a jump off point. So. They do benefit. It's not like they are running around on the field and they get nothing out of it. They do. They go on to make millions of dollars. But why should it be a a prerequisite to do it for free? You know what an apprenticeship is? Yes, I do. Do you know that that's for free? These are not apprentices. These yes, are they athletes. are. No, they yes, are they not. are. That that they is the that is Why? the comparison. That's a comparison, but that is not what they because are. they are learning. They are not professionals. They are not. They are learning. That's just like me going to law school for a year and then getting out here and say, pay me 
to go into court with you again and i'm gonna keep bringing up the lebron james's the <laughs> but Kevin that Garnett. is rare that's rare that is not every college athlete i mean that is not every student athlete it doesn't that's not matter every athlete yes it, it does no i'm gonna tell you why it doesn't matter yes it does it, it doesn't matter everybody is not a genius okay you're everybody right everybody is not a star athlete right but at the end of the day when you bring a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, a Kevin Garnett, you're watching them play against high school students, right? High school students are not the most skilled basketball players. Mm-hmm. They're not the most skilled football players. Mm-hmm. You're bringing this kid out of high school into the professional league. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah, you did. No, because you don't know what you're re- getting. The reason why you took the chance is because you saw that this person, because you work with professionals and you see what they do. And you have the eye and the experience and the knowledge to look at this person and go, this boy in high school and he playing like a professional. Let me ask you this. All right. I'm a, my sport is combat sports fighting. Okay. So if you were a scout, right. For shit, I don't know nothing about combat. Oh, sports. That's okay. This is real simple. If you were a scout scouting for professional fighters, right. Mm-hmm. And you see me at 30 years old, beating up a kindergartner. Would you say that nigga look like he a professional, man? No, but you see, what you just did, that was apples and oranges. Mm-mm. College students playing against college high students. High school. I'm talking no, high school wait. now. And then high school students playing against high school students. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as I said, I am a scout. So I I have seen professionals play. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've been a scout or I've been a coach or whatever. For umpteen years, and I have seen professionals. I don't know umpteen. I didn't get a degree when I was in college. Many. For okay. many, many. Buku. You understand that one? I, for buku years. For many, many years, I have looked at professionals play. I know what to look for. Mm-hmm. So I go, I walk into a high school gym, mm-hmm. and I see these two high school players, or I see this team of high school players, and I'm watching this game, and I see this LeBron James who looks like the professionals that I have been coaching for years. See, but the problem is this LeBron James is not being matched up against the professionals you've been coaching for years. Right, but he is being matched up with someone who is supposedly on his level, high school, But Mm -hmm. he is performing above and beyond these high school players. Mm -hmm. And he is performing like the people that I coach. We have to bring into question the skill level of these high school players because not all high school players are equally Are the same. Exactly right. But I see see what he has done. mm -hmm. And so I say, that boy could play in the NBA. Let me see. And so I say, sign this contract, start playing. Now... If you bomb, okay, I took a chance on a on an unknown man. A Kwame Brown, okay. You know, but you soared, and I look and I said, I knew it because I saw it. Same could be said for anybody, though. But let's let's do this, right? Um, as far as not having money to pay these kids, right? Mm-hmm. So we go we go to college. Why can't Nike pay these kids? Why can't Adidas pay these kids? Because now Nike and Adidas have some influence that I don't want them to have. So what what influence do they have? Nike and Adidas has influence. So if Nike says, 
I need you to do X, Y, and Z because mm-hmm. Nike is paying me. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, if you don't want Nike to pay me, you <laughs> fucking pay me. I mean, that's kind of nah. how the shit works. No. Nah. So endorsements. College kids cannot get endorsements, right? right? So not only- Because they don't want undue influence. But again, you're still making money off this kid's likeness, right? Now, college mm-hmm. jerseys, I'm not sure if you've noticed. I, I know most people do. When you buy college jerseys, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the name on it, right? Mm-hmm. But if I if Kobe Bryant's number eight in college and I buy a number eight jersey for that school, we all know whose jersey that is mm-hmm. somewhere. You're still making money off of my likeness. So, mm-hmm. all right. They actually had a lawsuit about that. Tell me more. I'm listening. And so it, it involved NCAA and I um, can't remember the name of the player. This was a while back. Um, the NCAA had a game, basketball game. And um, I think in the end, the players won. Did they get monies? I believe they did. I mean, look it up because it's, it, it's something that I remember from back in the day. And um. And yeah. then they took all the names off the yeah, jerseys. Yeah, America and beyond. It wasn't about a jersey. Like I said, they used their likeness in this video game. Coach K, probably. And then they, um, then the player sued because it was like, okay, now you're profiting off my likeness, yada, yada, yada. And I think the players won. Man, all I know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the players did win. It. All I know is this. If, just, just to move the conversation forward, if. Today, right? If today I'm playing for LSU, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm worth zero, okay? And this time next year, I'm playing for the Cleveland Browns and I'm worth $10 million. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a disconnect somewhere between zero and $10 million. So that that's all I'm saying. I believe they should be paid. So all I'm saying is they are paid. I mean, it's not... And I was about to say it's not a check, but yeah, sometimes it is a check. It's a direct deposit. They have, they get stipends. It, it's not like they are doing this for absolute zero. You know, close they, enough. They're saying zero, but they're not. Everything is a trade off. Close enough. Like you know, you said this is analogous to something we've said in previous programs about paying for pussy. You mm-hmm. go pay the way, right? You're not straight up writing a check, but you paying. Dinner me, is payment. Let me let me tell you something. Now, I can speak for all poor, <laughs> poor black and brown kids when I say that if we could take the, what do they call it on the prices, right? When you can either take the prize or take the um the money it's worth. On the prices, right? Yeah, or any game show. You, you can win a car, you got to take the car or take the money that the right. car would have cost. Mm-hmm. I can speak for majority of black and brown athletes from poverty and saying if you were to offer us uh it would you say 80 to 100,000 dollar um scholarship and the stipend and this and that if you would just cut me a check for the 80 to 100,000 dollars we wouldn't go to school we wouldn't go to these colleges and universities because all it is like you said earlier it's a stepping stone it's part of the process it's an unnecessary part of the process if if that's what i want to do if professional sports is where I want to be. Right. That is that's the stopgap. Right. So instead of let's instead of making it okay, we're giving these kids these education. 
Them kids don't even want the fucking education. They want a Some shot at the pros. Some of them do, pros. though. Some of them do. I can speak. I can speak for poor black and brown kids. Like we said, Allen Iverson, one year and he fucked off at Georgetown. <laughs> Damn sure did. But, like we don't give a shit about that. We're not. We're not there for the education. We're there to play sports and hopefully make it to the pros and make that ten million dollars next year. So moving on though to um, what what are the penalties? Let's since you can't receive gifts, you can't receive. Any type of undue influence. Um, what what are the penalties? So we we saw some we saw some damn we saw some straight up crazy penalties. Um, you in the show notes you mentioned Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, and the USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean USC felt the they got the thunder. They felt the pain. Like they couldn't go to bowl games. They couldn't, um, they got like a lot of like almost a whole season of wins snatched. They was like almost undefeated that year too. Yeah, they got like all these wins snatched. Um, Reggie Bush had to give up his Heisman. Like He gave up Kim K? Oh, he sure enough did. Damn. He was so stupid. So yeah, he had to give back his Heisman. Just all kind. So basically we're talking ineligibility to play, suspension. The schools, the schools get in trouble. Is this just whole plethora of things? But what's crazy about that is, regardless of all of that, notice that they did all that shit. Reggie Bush still made it to the NFL, damn right, and still made millions, damn right. So I and- mean, any any kind of um, penalties that the NCAA comes up with, they're really not enough to stop. The whole payola thing. They're really not. It's just it just makes people be more creative about how they get the money to the athletes. What's crazy about that whole thing, too, is that alone in itself would probably discourage anybody on the school side from brokering like deals like this, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, Reggie Bush, an agent was paying him, right? Yeah. So well, it wasn't paying him it was paying his family. It wasn't right. even like, uh, as far as I can remember the story, I think he got a ride, a limo ride to the Heisman um, ceremony, and then like his mom and them got a new house. Mm. And somebody they, got a car somewhere. Yeah, it's like his mom and them got a new house. They got like trips and all kind of other shit. And it was like an eight. Was it an agent? And um, I remember. I think it was a, it sports, was a sports agent. agent and somebody else, huh? I just remember the sports agent. But yeah, so it wasn't him directly. It was his people. Same thing. I want to say something, and I put it in the show notes, but I didn't go back and look. But I remember hearing about it at the time. The Fab Five, Michigan Wolverines, Mm -hmm. Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, Ray Jackson, and Jimmy King. Yep. I know that they were all getting wooed and wined and dined, and everyone came forward except for Chris Webber, I want to say. But um. So basically, these sports agents, they're feeding these people's families in hopes of future business mm-hmm. and boosters, the the scrupulous boosters. They're feeding these people's family in hopes for a commitment. Basically to to that school. Right. So there's again, that, that just goes back to so much money being um just generated all altogether. But injuries. All right. So if a player like Patrick Courtney gets hurt on the field, like, okay, schools do have 
uh, schools do have insurance policies for their athletes that only cover certain things. And once Patrick was no longer a student at said school because they didn't renew his um, scholarships because he kept getting injured. Like, can you school? Can you sue a school for injuries? Now that that you actually raise an interesting question there. Okay, so going back to uh, my statement that I make all the time, you can sue anybody for anything. But whether or not you are actually going to get paid is something else. Now, check this out. I actually uh, looked at some stuff. The NCAA settled a lawsuit that had to do with concussions, right? And so they found quite like the NFL, the NCAA knew what the effects of concussions were, but, Mm -hmm. you know, did not, was not forthcoming with this so it's almost it was like they were negligent and so they settled this lawsuit collectively it was a class action and after that each individual is also eligible to sue for medical expenses going forward so and who pays the ncaa or the school the nc well the ncaa and and the individual schools were sued so it's like they um it's a comparative thing so for the most part because the ncaa is the one that has deep pocket deeper pockets they are the ones they settled some of the schools settled as well so they got money now on another on that same track but a different note when it comes to individual schools depending on whether or not it's a private or public school as far as public schools are concerned because they are government entities how you can sue them and what you can get from suing them is limited because they are government entities that's one thing and you have to show something other than negligence but negligence is a big part of it when you know when and if student is hurt and you try to sue the school you have to you have to show that the school was negligent some sort of way. Yeah, they were negligent. And let me tell you exactly how. In, Pat, in Patrick Courtney's case, right? Mm-hmm. They had these college students out there in plastic helmets and pads running at each other really fast you know and what? trying to harm each other. Bye, stupid. Just saying. But um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a scenario here. All right. Let me let me ask y'all this first. There's been a shift in recent years as far as football is concerned would you let your child play football let's start with becky no no okay and would you allow your child to play football if they wanted to okay even with all the recent developments as far as cte yep sure would because basically think about it they can trip fall down and hit their heads Mm -hmm. and be damaged it's i mean all right well i can what word? Come on. Akin? Akin? Akin. Is that a, akin? Here we go. That's akin to saying um, <laughs> you could get cut if you're juggling knives, but you can also get cut if you aren't. Right. Exactly right. But the risk increases when you start juggling knives. Right. That is true. I, I said nothing about risks. I'm just saying in walking through life, there is a risk of injury, you know, just just living. But I can guarantee you two things. One, I will death ne- and taxes. No, 
Oh. I will never be bludgeoned to death by a midget <laughs> ever. That just won't happen to me because I, I don't put myself in position to get bludgeoned by midgets. Two, my damn scenario came true. Becky, tell her, Becky, about wait, the weight room and, and Wilson Fisk. <laughs> what? It came true. Wait, wait. So wait. So somebody in the weight room dropped the weight on top of the man and killed the man. What? Shanked him up. Mm-hmm. Wait, for real though? Mm-hmm. Yes. Shanked him up. It was, it was, it was freaky. Stop it was. Playing. It was. Just they listened exact, to the show. Yes, they, they have playing. They <laughs> listened to the show. Row, row, and JoJo. But no, nah, um, yeah, there, there's definitely a shift away from football. I don't think I'd let my child play football now. I mean, if you would ask me 10, 15 years ago, sure, whatever. It's like a way of life. But now, I'd rather you not, especially if we're going to college and you're not being compensated with a paycheck. <laughs> I don't know. know. I'm not letting you. You jeopardize your health for free. Oh, wait, let me let let's let's go back. Just travel back in time just a little bit. Something else that I wanted to say as far as paying these athletes. Um, tell me or or show me or give me some insight on what would happen. Okay, we're paying these athletes, mm-hmm. but schools with it's it's almost like the supply and demand thing, right? So schools. That have we start paying them schools that have deeper pockets, mm-hmm. they would be the ones, the only ones that would be able to capture the best students, athletes. But that's the same with the NFL. Right. But well, there's salary caps. So you have to work within that space. Mm-hmm. Well, in this particular scenario, there's nothing set up for salary caps with these colleges. So if I have the money, I can pay the better athletes. Mm -hmm. So now the, you know, right now there are so many students out there that are vying for positions. If I know that say Alabama, they have all the good players, Mm -hmm. right? They, they had the most money. They sucked up all the the good players. Okay. So these mediocre players, what do they do? Uh, And so what happens to the programs? of these schools with these mediocre players. The the universe would eventually balance itself <laughs> out. Oh, and is, here's is how. Is that right? Yeah, here's how. Okay, so Alabama has $2 billion, right? You can only have X amount of players. So they get all of the best they could find, right? Mm-hmm. So the second best go to the second best school, which over time increases the second best school's value <laughs> to where 10 years down the line, the who, Alabama and who's the second best LSU they're they're side by side at the top and then you got another second best no they're and, never that never happens because Alabama will constantly pluck all the good players because they have the money right but just because you have all of the best players I can I can look at look at the Miami Heat team that lost the um lost the the NBA finals back when LeBron, Shaq, mm-hmm. you could have all the best talent in the world. It doesn't mean your team is going to be that much better. So the second, the next best team might even beat y'all asses a few times and the stock of that school rises and so on and so on. So I think it will balance itself out eventually. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you always have the New England Patriots. Oh, Jesus. But I mean, for every New England Patriots, there's a Green Bay Packers. There's a, a Washington Redskins. Well, um, no, sorry. Can't even put them in that same category. 
But I know that whole any given Sunday thing is true. It is one any given Sunday, any given Saturday, any given Monday, any given Thursday. Whenever you're playing, that is potential to lose. But you're stacking the deck more often than not if you have the deeper pockets. If you if you start delving into paying these players right now, it's like I'm with it. There's this this supply, and I can pluck who I want depending on all of these different factors. When mm-hmm. money is the the only incentive, that's a problem for me. I say go for it. Mm. That's um, I'm a always. They already stand went by. for it. Like I said, they get paid. They ju- they just don't get paid. They don't get paid. They don't have a W two or a ten ninety nine M at the end of the year. They should receive all of those things. But you know what? If you're a college athlete out here too, look, come come holler at us because we set you up with a schedule C and. <laughs> Nah, but all right, here, here's the scenario I wanted to go when we started talking about NFL football and concussions is, all right, you have your child out here playing college football, right? Mm-hmm. He gets injured on the field. The school's um, insurance doesn't cover his injuries. Mm-hmm. You don't have the money to sue the school, but even more so, the family of the athlete, they're, they're, like I said, most of these athletes who play football are black and brown children who come from poverty, they can't afford the medical bills. Do you remember a couple years ago, the kid that played for Tulane that got paralyzed? Mm-hmm. They can't afford. He he was a running back, I think. He got his neck jammed and ended up getting mm-hmm. paralyzed. His family cannot afford to pay for his medical, medical care. Now, I think Tulane did step up and, and put some money in the pot but this is ongoing this is going to be forever yeah but i think and i also think the ncaa has a fund for things like that as well i don't know how long they actually will pay but they do have a fund for that but i mean honestly for a lot of this these student athletes i'm going to say this i don't know if you've ever heard me say this before i think i've said this i've used this terminology before on the show assumption of the risk Mm -hmm. so injuries are automatically assumed you know you that's just like you zip line across whatever across dubai you you sign a waiver because you are assuming the risk of injury right right so when you sign up when you say i am going to purdue you assume the risk of injury because this is a contact sport. Purdue, so, you assume the risk of sucking. Shut up. So any any contact por- sport, you assume the risk of injury. Okay. That's 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 all well. So you're saying that I just want to, again, I like to speak in my language. So you're saying that the... You go get hurt. You, you assume no, the... No, you, these poor... <laughs> these poor black and brown kids, you know, minorities... Uh, people that look like us you're saying it's okay that they get injured and can't afford to pay for their medical no, bills i'm saying that if you get your ass on this field and you get hurt mm-hmm. that's on you because you knew that there was potential that your ass was gonna get hurt okay so that's what you tell our young brothers and sisters now what i'd like to say is <laughs> i disagree with Anne wholeheartedly that sure, there's a risk with anything that you do. However, if what you're doing is generating the amount of money and the amount of attention and the amount of prestige that you guys are out here generating, you know what? 
you shouldn't be left out here hung out to dry. You shouldn't be uh pushed aside and like the Patrick Courtney's. You shouldn't have your scholarships revoked. You know what? It is the But every program doesn't do that. Just to let you know, every program does there are programs that if you are a part of if you are signed and you are a part of that program and you get injured, mm-hmm. they will honor your scholarship even if you are not playing. That is that is a personal choice of that university. Right. But it's like not I required said, though. But here is here's the thing. When you step foot on that field, when you sign this letter of intent, mm-hmm. you have a goal. Right. You you walk into this eyes wide open, having played Pop Warner, having played high Who school. Who the fuck is Pop Warner? I, uh, is that a person? <laughs> he was a coach. Okay. Yeah. I I mean I played <laughs> Pop Warner, but I'm like, who the fuck? But yeah, but okay. you so having played in these two different settings, mm-hmm. going into college with an eye to the pros, you step foot on the court or you step foot on the field, you step foot on the tennis court, on the soccer field. You you do this and you assume the risk of injury. You know what can potentially happen. But do you? But the re- yes, you do. As, and as, the reason, and the reason why you do it is because your goal, if that is what your goal is, your goal is to make it to the pros so you can make this money. So you you have weighed the pros and cons. No, you haven't. You have weighed the pros and no, cons. No, and you have come out with the decision that okay, the pros outweigh the cons no. let's go get it see you're being facetious right i now am not being facetious at all these, these i don't this is not funny I, these young black these are and brown lives. kids it, it is but these young black and brown kids from poverty again they don't weigh the pros and the cons they never even have that wait so you're they, trying to they never have that internal monologue wait, that wait, said, wait no. let me finish they never have the internal monologue that says you know what? I know what the risks are of going to college and playing this game are. So what I'm going to do, let me think about this real quick. They, they don't have that monologue. Yeah, let me tell you something. Black and brown people, we weigh the pros and cons of every damn thing. And we have an internal monologue all the time. So what you're telling me is the brother that's on the corner selling crack has not weighed the pro and con of he has. I'm going to sit on this corner and I have... is potentially i can get popped by the cops and go to jail but i need to feed my family right or i need to do whatever so i'm gonna sit on this corner everything that we do that that's everything that we do fair parallel it's not everything that we do we weigh the cost we do weigh the cost yes we do a 17 a 17 18 ish year old they selling crack at 15 what you talking about that's fine but we're not talking about selling crack. We're talking about playing football. I'm talking about weighing so, the cost. These kids do not have, I mean, coming from an athlete myself, you don't think about, I can I can possibly get injured. What risk am I taking by doing it? Like, you know how many times I threw on boxing gloves and squared up with somebody and the thought of injury never crossed my mind until I got older and said, damn, I ain't even had no medical insurance back well, then. I was many, tripping. How many times... Did you jump in a car with some dude that was high? Or you jumped in a car with some dude that was drunk? Or you drove drunk? This None of those and, have happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In yeah. spite of the fact that you told us the story but, about it happening. But, no. but typically, to, to, I guess, add to the, to the conversation, 
kids at that age think that they're invincible, think that nothing's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Over, I mean, generally, car insurance rates for, for males in that <laughs> age, age range are higher because insurance companies know that they are more risky. They do more risky behavior. Mm-hmm. So Right, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't know what the consequence of their risks are. They they do engage in risky behavior, but that does not mean that they did not know what the results of that, you know, what the potential risks are. So No, they may know it, but they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. No, that I that can... is the point. I, I'm going to poll people on this, but I, I can 100% say that I grew up boxing, right? I spar- Becky, you were there when, when we were sparring. We weren't even in a ring with no headgear and me and Paul. We were just going at it. No headgear. I don't even think Paul had a mouthpiece. I broke his jaw that day. And like nobody even, we didn't bat an eye. We didn't think, okay, we probably need to put some headgear on because we can possibly get injured one of us could fall and crack our skull like that's not something that when you're young you think about now the risks are always there granted they're there but you don't you don't even consider them when you're that young not not everybody may consider but but you don't think that parents who have watched their kids play through all these different stages you don't think that when they sit down and they speak to their kids about going to play in college they don't discuss with them no the potential not in not in my community no (laughs) i mean i know you grew up different than most people that look like us but wait wait but who who did what now but i mean you know in your whole interview thing the whole uh when we was talking about how you grew up your silver spoon and all that shit right i never said anything about a silver spoon um, thank you yeah, I, I heard that. Though. No, that's what so, you always hear. But no, th- those conversations aren't had. Our our conversations are either you the best, go out here and be the best, do everything <laughs> you got to do. Okay, buy mama a house. Yeah, you're going to buy mama a house. And see, and that's the first thing damn athletes say. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy my mama a house. I want to get her up out the hood. So they ain't thinking about that shit. So um, let me share with y'all, though. My um I, well first I want to say I am I want to poll people and see what y'all think. Do you think that college athletes should get paychecks? Plain and simple. Uh, but what I want to do is also share my college collegiate developmental league mm? CDL. Mm. So is Lavar Ball actually thought of this? Like, is this like minor leagues for uh? For college athletes, yes. Man, you know, so, minor league players don't make no money. That's fine. But look, rather than, let, let's get a whole bunch of, of business people and investors together, right? And, um... Man, what the hell is you doing? Trying to win $25,000. Okay, so why the okay. hell are you... <laughs> um, anyway, so the Collegiate Developmental League, you get a whole bunch of investors together, get some money together, some former NFL players, even current, former NBA, former college athletes, former pro athletes, Get a bunch of money together. And instead of these kids going, getting these scholarships and going to play for these colleges, go play for this developmental league. If that's where if if your aim is for the pros, cut out the middle, man, cut out working for free and and, and taking the risk of injuring yourself and receiving nothing. Go play for uh, Dan's collegiate 
developmental league where we pay you to play. If you want to go to school too, go to school. That's fine. If you want to get another job on the side, get a job. But we will pay you to be out on this field, to be out on this court playing the sport. Do you know how fast if you did something like that and it caught on these universities would start paying their uh, football and basketball players? What do you think, Becky? I think that is a, a good idea. But my my hesitation is that, yes, you may have all these business leaders, um, former uh, professional athletes fund this thing. Um, but will that actually get me into the pros? And how long is it going to take me to get there? And they're, and, and they're not doing this based on philanthropy. Right. So, ha, you know, I have some reservations about it. I see, I I understand the concept and I think it's a good theory. But I, me personally, I would rather go with something a little more tried and true than this experiment. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, the thing is, point guard, the... um. The thing with that is the whole tried and true is you're still not guaranteed to get into the NFL or NBA, but at least this way, nothing is guaranteed. Right. At least this way it's guaranteed that you will get paid for your talent. You will be out here playing ball and getting paid. So, I mean, a pittance. I don't know what that means. I just think it depends on what your ultimate goal is. It, I mean, it depends on a lot. My my whole thing at the end of the day, just to summarize, my whole thing is trying to get money into these kids pockets who put their their health and their lives on the line week after week. Like these two a days, you know how many college kids die in um in training camp. All I know is risk is everywhere. And once again, assumption of the risk. You know what? And again. I stand with the college athletes and I stand with people that are from poverty at the end of the day. So tell us, tell us what y'all think. Do y'all think that these college athletes should get a paycheck or do y'all think the system that they're currently in is considered fair? I think that they should be able to receive some type of compensation. Um, I I was asking the listeners. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's time for Ask an Attorney. Ask an Attorney. <laughs> attorney, attorney, attorney. Um, so I heard, this is the question. I heard you talking about oral sex battery mm. in a previous episode. Oral mm-hmm. sex battery. Jesus Christ. Some friends and I used to do this thing at bars where we say something quietly to get girls to lean in. And then, I'm sorry. And when they did, we would plant one on them. Is mm. that oral sexual battery? <laughs> nah, that's just good, harmless fun. <laughs> she, she knew the risk before she came mm-mm, into the bar. Mm-mm. No, that is not oral sexual battery. Oral sexual battery is basically when your anus or your genitals. Or, so like forced head? No, when. Wait, when, can we do that? Tell me how this works. Forced head. Because I need to know how to, I need to learn when this technique. When the offender, when the offender touches their victim's mouth with their anus or their genitals. No, that the is, offender touches the genitals or the anus no, with their mouth. No, when the offender touches their anus or their genitals to the victim's mouth. So there you have it. 
that is what oral sexual battery is. Man, you can be kissing on anybody you want at the bars because they assumed the risk when they came to the bar. Mm-mm. They knew. They had this internal monologue saying I could get kissed on the mouth. And What? Wait, what? Wrote out. Two words. Th- yep. Yeah. Son of a bastard. Oh, well. No $25,000 tonight, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this has been another episode of the Black Law and Legalized Podcast. Remember, again, our reviews looking kind of skimpy out here. And, uh, you know, we don't be appreciating that. Make us appreciate you. Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcast or wherever you listen at. Uh, you can follow us across the board at Black Law Podcast. And once again, I am one of your hosts today, Dan. You can find me on Twitter and IG at I am Dan on Drugs. I'm another one of your hosts today, Afro Becky. And you can follow her at Afro Becky. And I am the third of your hosts today. And you can follow me at I Tell Legal Lies on Twitter. And cut.